Hello, I am Sierra, and I'm the host of your new favorite podcast, The Local Woman. And today, I am joined on the show by Ashley Axdale. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so glad that you could join us today. And today, Ashley and I are actually trying out a new method of recording this podcast. We are doing it via Zoom, which means I can actually see Ashley right now. (laughs) I see you. I'm so excited. This is our first time trying this out. So um, I appreciate you guys kind of letting us play guinea pigs with this episode. Um, And so and we also appreciate our crack technical team here at the local woman that consists of the guys from Tap Snaps who keep us moving. Uh, So, Ashley, I'm so excited that you've decided to join us here today on the show uh, because we are talking about a topic that is uh, very important. Um, And it's a topic that I actually only recently had the opportunity to really understand. And uh, through researching this, um, researching this episode, and that's the topic of body neutrality and also fat liberation. Um, I'm certain that people have heard about this through their, through being online or through their interactions with social media. Um, likely, they've even heard more about pop body positivity than either of these movements. But we're excited to educate our our listeners on this today. So, Ashley, uh, tell us more about what body neutrality is. Body neutrality is the idea that we as humans can exist without having to think of our bodies as positive or negative, that you can just live your life and be worthy of respect without respect to the way your body is in the moment. You can feel good about it one day, bad next, but you have the freedom to feel or not feel however you want. And it focuses on your body right now and what it does rather than how it looks. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people, again, have heard more about body positivity, which I believe is really a more extreme version of this uh, body neutrality that we're discussing today. And I know I think that that's something that's maybe turned a lot of people off to the movement uh, because it is so extreme and it requires so much of people right out the gate. Um, When you think of body positivity, it's this idea that you have to love yourself at any state. And that's just really not easy or something that a lot of people can relate to. However, when we were researching well when I was researching body neutrality what I really loved most was the idea that body neutrality accepted that as someone um living in this body that they've struggled to uh enjoy in the way that they should that one could love their body and also dislike their body but every day respect their body and understand and um really enjoy what their body provides for them the ability to just wake up in the morning and stretch your arms and just you know really getting in touch with the things that make you love who you are that's really what attracted me to body neutrality over body positivity what about yourself um I feel like body positivity is super performative, which we have discussed previously, but Mm -hmm. it's like, I kind of equate it to when, you know, you're at work and some man comes up and tells you to smile, you know, like, don't tell me to smile. And it's, (laughs) it's just that I, it's just the idea that women are supposed to look as pleasing as possible at all times to satisfy the male gaze and that it disregards what we're actually feeling. Just you need to look good outside and like you're having a great time no matter what. And that is kind of how body positivity feels for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's like a forced, a forced positivity. Yes. And I don't really enjoy that. 
Absolutely. And I, I have to say that's what kind of drew me away from it. And also the fact that I feel as though what the movement began as, the positive um, impact that the movement wanted to have was kind of co-opted by the Instagram culture or by the social mm-hmm. media culture that really came in and made body positivity more about, you know, uh, uh, being this really cool person online who wears these really cool clothes and does this the, does these things that then make other people kind of feel occasionally uh, they they I think it almost produces the same effect that we're trying to fight against and that was my biggest concern about bo- body positivity. Yeah, it's like all these skinny white women sitting on chairs and squint like hunching over so they can get like one little fat roll you know like come on man well absolutely i got fat rolls without bending over or sitting down that's (laughs) that's it body positivity should be for me absolutely it should be but it also began as a movement that was namely for people of color who were fat queer um and they were disabled and those people were supposed to be able to find a way to express and love their bodies the body that they were born with the one that the world had told them wasn't an acceptable or wasn't uh a um a societally accepted form of who they were but like you were saying now we see it uh it presented totally differently however i would like to kind of address the idea that people do think that the body positivity movement or body neutral or fat liberation movements are anti thin people and i'd love to address that at this time as well that kind of mindset is very similar to the idea that saying black lives matter is against everyone who isn't black yes like it's not the same but it is similar in thought in that exclusivity mm-hmm. um body neutrality and body positivity aren't anti-thin people and then people are fine. I don't hate them people. I don't really know anyone that does. And <laughs> it's not saying I know every fat person in the world because I don't, but I've, I've never heard somebody say, Oh, I hate those thin people. Blah blah blah. <laughs> like some people are thin and some people are fat and no matter what, it's okay. Yes. And I think that that's, and just because somebody's thin doesn't mean that they love their body all the time and that's where body neutrality comes in yeah it's taking away that control over how you look and shifting it to gratitude like i i don't like looking in the mirror today but i love standing up out of my bed because my legs helped me or if your legs don't help you and your arms help you then i i'm thankful for my arms because they got me up or i'm thankful for my brain because it's so creative i'm thankful for you know whatever body part is happening that you're thankful for. And I don't want to be, you know, ableist here because some people can't hear, some people can't see, some people can't walk, some people can't, you know, move their arms, but we all have the ability to be grateful for the skin that we exist inside. Absolutely. Someone shouldn't feel like it is their right to put you down or make you feel like the body that you are in is a body that's not worthy of being here which is how i believe that a lot of time that fat people are made to feel um and well ashley i'd like you to tell me a little bit more about the path that led you to prioritize this mindset well part of it was you know what we talked about just a minute ago with people telling me to smile and you know force positivity and 
uh, one of our customers who is my friend, one time she gave me this compliment. She told me that I am a genuine person and that, that like really was really wonderful to hear because I try to be, you know, radically honest and sometimes it doesn't work, but, <laughs> and I try to be myself because I think the people who put on that positive, shiny, happy face and then go home and cry, like people need to see who we are, yes. period, end of story, in my opinion. And I don't ever want to hurt someone with my behavior, but if I feel sad, I'm going to feel sad and it's okay. It might make you uncomfortable to be around me when I'm sad. And that's your decision to be here or not, but it's about being who I am and no amount of dress or, you know, coat or sweatshirt or scarves is going to hide the fact that I'm fat. I am visibly very fat and I am not going to try to shrink myself for anyone. And some days I look in the mirror and I really, really love what I'm seeing. And some days I don't. But that's kind of the honesty of body neutrality. And I've been disabled for a while. And so I got upset at my back every day and my legs for not working, you know. And but then I had to something else to focus on. Well, my arms work today. I can get some typing done, yes. you know. Um, so it's kind of like my whole life has led to this small moment you know i'm not trying to sound cheesy or cliche but really it's like you know a stream of water and everything that water flows through affects affects it It affects the direction it goes it affects what it carries along with it and that's that's kind of where i where i am right now absolutely i mean i believe that a lot of people relate to that um often when you think of um, the first time you heard the word fat, it was a kid on the playground who told you you were fat or it was someone in your family who looked at you and said you were looking, you were uh, putting on some weight. So you were fat. And so there are very rare moments in our lives when we associate the word fat with something positive. So I'd love to just talk about the word fat. Like, and why we think that that is an ugly word, but why the body neutrality and uh, other movements are embracing that word. Um, I'd love to talk more about that. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to go on, I'm going to try not to go on a rant about <laughs> Disney movies, but if you think about when you're little, right, and you're watching a Disney film and that princess is just beautiful. She's got long flowing locks and she's slender, but she has hips and breasts mm -hmm. and she's portrayed as being pure and nice and good to everyone. And then you see the villain and she's fat and she's <laughs> ugly and she's mean. And I think that part of it starts right there. And that's how all the movies are. Think about The Little Mermaid and think about Ursula, True. right? I mean, she got done dirty. <laughs> and then we're making her out to be the horrible villain. Absolutely. Like, I I identify with her, not just because I'm fat, but just because I've been done dirty. <laughs> and I don't like it. And I'd probably do the same thing. I'd steal that little girl's voice and go out and marry her hot <laughs> prince and then throw him overboard. But, sorry. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it's like we get taught and then you see all these movies where the fat people like 
these like teenage romances where there's always the fat best friend yes. and she's like a muse and like you know is encouraging to the thin pretty girl to go get the handsome boy yes. and the, the fat friend has there's no like sexuality involved yeah, there's and no storyline for her outside no of supporting line. the main character and like most a lot of shows you know if there's a fat person in the show their storyline centers on their fatness yes and not them getting a job or doing anything cool it's all about their fatness yes and so we just we get constantly in like cartoons you, like these little fat characters are bumbling or slovenly or just disgusting covered in stains like fat people get portrayed as lazy and stupid just like i mean that's what people think about southerners too because of our accents true but it's like you know fat people get the brunt they're the brunt of every joke they or the butt rather of every joke and you know like you said with those insults you're fat okay cool <laughs> tell me something i don't know absolutely when i believe I there's a, a part kid, of co-opting it yeah yeah oh, oh yes i mean uh, goodness i one thing that really I enjoyed about the process of researching this topic as we were preparing for it is the acknowledgement in my mind why I initially rejected body, body positivity, which was because I felt like I couldn't perform it to the level that I was seeing it performed online. I still don't have the confidence to get online and take a picture in a halter top and be like, yeah, I'm brave and confident. <laughs> like, I just don't, I, I, that's not in me. And so it made me feel like I wasn't being, like I wasn't good enough to even be a part of a movement that I should be okay being a part of, you yeah. know? But there, again, when we were talking about body neutrality, the idea that you can respect and love your own body, even if it's not perfect, just from the gratitude and appreciation was something I could relate to. And that's something that I could work on and truly start taking those next steps in healing myself from the pain of being a child and hearing the word fat and internalizing that and making it something negative for myself and not being able to move past that. You know, that's something that can really that really hinders children uh, in their in their youth it prevents them from moving forward like the things that you actually take in that trauma of that negativity that you learn in your youth does carry with you and it makes you a uh, sad potentially depressed and you know uh, an, um teenager and then you also move into adulthood with uh, constant reservations about just living life about traveling about going on that date with that guy who you think could never like with you or uh, could never like you about you know seeing yourself as someone worthy of love and that's really kind of what I really want to talk to the women who are listening to this show about today is whether you understand body neutrality or whether you identify with body liberation I'm certain that you understand and you identify the fact that you just want to be okay every day and you want to be able to exist as the person you are and have what you look like every not every day not be the defining factor yeah and like I um for me, I'd love to know to be able to tell people more about the idea of fat liberation. Well, let's see here. I have a whole bunch of notes to <laughs> dig through. Okay. No, you're fine. So like fat liberation and fat acceptance, that kind of started back in like the sixties. Mm -hmm. And it started with people of color and queer folks and disabled folks. And it was kind of like um aimed at celebrating fat bodies and the removal 
And the goal was like the removal of fat stigma in a meaningful way. So yes. like fat organizing came along with racial justice and queer organi organizing. And fat liberation is about taking a stand instead of just having like ideas and saying, oh, this needs to happen. It's actually making things happen, like taking a stand against the diet industry complex and calling attention to medical fat phobia and those, which is super, super duper harmful. Absolutely. Yeah. If you go into the doctor's office and you're complaining of an issue and the only thing that your doctor will focus on is your size and telling you to lose weight. So many people have this issue and they go into the doctor's office and they don't receive the help that they need and often go months, even years without the medical treatment that they need or the life-saving treatment that they need or the treatment that they need that could have saved their lives. Because we could be talking past tense about people who did not make it through. Yeah. Like, um, Cass Elliot, mm -hmm. you know, Mama Cass? Yes. And there's still that rumor floating around, like, she choked on a ham sandwich. No, she didn't choke on a ham sandwich. She had a <laughs> cardiac event. My They're goodness. like, well, she was fat. Well, you know what? There are a lot of fat people who don't have heart problems. I'm True. fat. My heart is great. Yeah. Um, But you wouldn't know that unless you tested her cholesterol and, mm -hmm. you know, her blood pressure. And she was kind of just, you know ignored and everything was attributed to her fatness yes absolutely well i think that one thing that i know about my listeners is that they are a diverse group of people some may be fat some may be small some may be or uh, skinny some may be muscular but i want all of them to care about this issue so why should fat liberation and body uh, neutrality be important to people who aren't fat because i think a lot of people just see it as a bunch of fat girls sitting around complaining because people don't love them and that's just not it nope that's not it at all um Fat liberation should be important because marginalized people can't be unmarginalized without people who are not marginalized. Like, um, we can't achieve some, racial trace racial progress without white people. Black people can't achieve that without white black white people. That's true. Exactly, and as long as anyone is oppressed. We might as well all be oppressed because it's Absolutely. not a fair system. But, you know, it's hard to combat any kind of oppression when you've been taught your whole life to, rather than see it as oppression, see it as like individual failings. And mm. fat is, you know, closely tied in with morality mm -hmm. because a lot of people think if you're fat, you're lazy and you don't care about things and you're just selfish and slovenly. And so you have to work past a lot of feelings, but fat liberation is very, very closely tied in with black liberation. Yes. And the way that society now views fat bodies as inherently sexual and dangerous is very very harmful and that's why body positivity was created by and for people of color oh absolutely and i know before when we were 
talking about this topic, you mentioned some historical points that you wanted to make regarding this issue, because as you said, it was created for black women, for trans women, for queer people of color, and for disabled people. And that's because those people were the most marginalized, but not only that, the most affected by the hatred for different bodies. Yeah. Okay, so... I've done a little historical research and, you know, the internet can verify what I'm saying, but there was a woman named uh, Sarah Bartman and she was from, I hope I pronounced this right, the Khoi Khoi tribe Mm -hmm. in Africa. And she was taken from her home and paraded around Europe because of the way her body looked. They, the name that they gave her, she was named by um, some Dutch uh, colonials and they named her Sarcha, which is um, from Sarah, which that's a, ser- a, a colonialist servant's name. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Ch is like a diminutive. So it's like a sign of affection. So Sarcha is like little Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then her last name that they gave her Bartman really means like it literally means bearded man and it also is associated with being uncivilized or barbarous or savage so Sarcha mm. Bartman was the savage servant oh my goodness. and they took her and paraded her around Europe as being um, this uncivilized person lacking you know like any kind of religious virtue and these like the images they put forward of her are you know portraying black women as being sexually primitive and savage and um you know it had all these like imperialist undertones and they would put her in very tight clothing and you can if you see like a a caricature of her she has a very huge bottom and a lot of things that were written about her were talking about her butt Mm -hmm. and um it was just i don't know (laughs) how to say this without getting really really mad but it kind of set up that stereotype the idea that black women's bodies are to be over sexualized and that they are fat and they are something to be feared um which is completely ridiculous like completely ridiculous and then you go back there's like um sorry did you want to say something because oh no i will ramble no you're fine i i i (laughs) Uh, on this particular topic, um, I've actually uh, learned a lot about her growing up, and I also saw a movie about her. And I remember just being uh, even it's it's uh, when you brought the when you brought up the topic, I was I've, I'm a bit afraid to even get into it because it's it's always really disturbed me. Uh, not just how she was treated, but how we continue to see that mindset in American society today. As you were talking, the first thing I thought about was uh, the 2020 outrage over the song WAP. It wasn't just the song, but it was the video that accompanied the song. And the outrage and the things that people were saying and the degrading way that they thought that they were allowed to talk about those women because of their expression of their sexuality was just really frustrating for me. And honestly, it really reminds me of that. It's like if a black woman wants to express her own sexuality or a woman in general wants to express her own sexuality, that's one thing. But to then turn it into something where you are placing your morality over that woman or telling that woman that the way in which she exists is 
not just inappropriate, but that she's less deserving of respect because of what you've processed in your own mind is the problem here. Like there are people with different morals and moral um, beliefs and there are people with different moral um, uh, ways in which they live their life. And that is very true. And I'm, I'm happy for both sides. If you're someone who follows a very strict moral code and if you're someone who doesn't, I believe that you have the right to live that life. But I don't believe either side should be looking at the other going, well, why are you so covered up? Like, I'm not going to look at a woman who's wearing a hijab and say to that woman, why are you so covered up? Because I want that woman to feel good in her situation, no matter what it is. So if she's doing that and she's empowered by that and that's how she feels best, that's what I want. And that's also what I want for a woman who feels more comfortable expressing her sexuality. And I think that that's often where I felt bad when the body positivity movement came out. It was like, am I mad at these women for being like that? Or am I upset with myself because I can't find that confidence? And that's where I found that body neutrality better addressed that juxtaposition that I was experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, I just, um, I mean, but, you know, on the topic of, of Sarah Bartman, though, uh, we've seen historically how black women's bodies have been used, abused, and then told that they were immoral objects and not respected. And I think the problem with the body positivity movement that we both can agree on is that black women have mainly been left out of that movement. Like you've not seen as many or excuse me, it started with them, but it, it now it, it's they're not involved. Black women are not included in that movement. When you think of someone who's body positive, you might even see Taylor Swift in the ad before you see someone who's um, uh, who's who the movement was actually created for. And I. I'd like for us to, and I also believe that that's a one reason that people have such a negative mindset on it. Like if they actually knew why it was created, I don't think the negative mindset would exist. How about yourself? I, I don't think it would either, but I've been surprised at the ridiculous amount of racism in this country. Mm. And well, not surprised, but maybe surprised by like how it's been out. And people think that if you, let me see how to say this. Sorry, I'm taking so long. You're fine. Like, I, I, I'd like you know, for you to express, express yourself. How you body positivity, would they, I don't know that if they'd be more supportive or if they'd like it more or understand it better because some people get so closed off because they think if you, you know, find the founders of this movement and they don't look like them, then they take it as an attack on them. Very true. But I, I, you know what? I believe that actually goes back to kind of what we were talking about, about why people who are not fat should care about this. Um, Because it kind of hits on the fact that it should matter, even if it doesn't necessarily affect you, it should matter that your fellow man is treated in a, in a, in a way that's inappropriate. It should matter to you that, you know, often when you see these expressions of women disliking themselves or not loving themselves, that the same feelings that you have are the same feelings that they have, even if you are different sizes. It's possible for a woman who is small to not feel good about herself and to be dealing with a eating disorder or to be dealing with, you know, body dysmorphia and not seeing herself as someone valuable and kind just as much as it's someone who is larger could be dealing with that. Yeah. 
it, anyone can feel bad about their body, especially it, which we might we touched on this before, but these images we get every single day, we just get bombarded with them. Representation matters. And when you only see super thin people that are airbrushed to perfection, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel less thin. And whether or not you're thin, you're still not going to look like that. And you can only fix that by changing, you know, changing industries. Well, speaking of changing industries, what are some actionable, way, actionable ways our listeners can correct their learned behavior to become more body neutral in their daily lives? Okay, so I am a big proponent of therapy. I think every single person should have a therapist because then we wouldn't have to go through, hash through all of our problems with our friends all the time, which <laughs> there's nothing wrong with discussing, but therapy especially cognitive behavioral therapy really helps you learn to rewire your brain. And if your brain's been going down this one path for, you know, 36 years, you're not going to change it in a minute, but you have to learn to like identify those, you know, those waves of fat phobia that you might feel either towards yourself or towards someone else. And when you, you know, you listen for that. And when you hear it, you say, no, this is not what's real. What's real is that woman walking down the street deserves love and she deserves respect and she deserves to feel worthy. Absolutely. And when you feel that coming up in yourself, you're like, I feel fat today. Then you say, stop. What's wrong with being fat? Not a single thing. That's not <laughs> a feeling. It's a descriptor. And what would your fat friends say if they heard you say that? And you actually have said that to me before, Ashley. Ashley, you've said that to me. I'm going to have to get a little honest with our listeners today. One of the things, me and Ashley have had this conversation. I think I came clean to her about this recently, a couple years ago, because I have always dealt with low confidence. It's just been, it's been the battle of my life. And I think it's prevented me from really moving forward in the way that I want and I didn't even like my voice. Now I'm doing a podcast. Like, I mean, I literally part of me doing a podcast is just actively doing everything that I don't like and trying it out. Like me being like, oh, I hate my own voice. Well, I'm going to do a thing where I have to listen to my voice all the time. You know, I don't like my own body. Well, I'm going to go do yoga because, oh, I got to look at my body when I do. You know, I'm going to try things out because I really want to feel better. But while I'm I'm getting to that point now, but before that, Ashley knew me and she was just one of my friends who just sat with me through my self-deprecation as I would say these awful things about myself. And one day Ashley said to me, I'm unfollowing you on Facebook because I don't like your negativity. And I remember being like, oh, okay, but when I actually sat down and talk, talk, thought about it, it goes back to protecting yourself. You were working through your own thing, Ashley, and you can't let someone else's negativity get into your life. It's not not supporting me. We were still friends. We still did things, but it made me more cognizant of the fact that when I talk negative about myself, I was talking about my friends too. But you also were talking about my friend. <laughs> and I don't like people talking about my friends like that. <laughs> thank like, you, Ashley. I love your voice and you are absolutely beautiful oh, in, inside you. and out. Like you are a beautiful human. Thank you. And to hear somebody like to admire someone the way I admire you and then hear somebody talk so bad about her. I was just like, 
Yeah. I don't like her. I don't like that girl. It was that I was working really, really hard (laughs) to get to a place where I could feel more neutral about my body. You know, being a fat girl your whole life is hard because people just tell you what an ugly piece of shit you are, you know? (laughs) And it, you know, it's really hard to, uh, I love you actually. But, you know, Instagram has been a really good source of, you know, just even images, you know, yes. people say, some people are like, you can't help who you're attracted to, but you absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a kid, if you're a guy and you grow up in, well, if you're a straight guy, you grow up, you know, looking at all these beautiful princesses and all these little blonde girls, you know, being Hannah Montana or whatever, and everybody's so pretty. And then that's what your brain is like. Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> well, until you observe images of people looking differently than that like women or you know women men it doesn't matter until you feed your eyeballs and your brain with different images of different people you're not going to be comfortable with them no and the more you take in images of fat people the less the more humanized they're going to be in your eyes and the less all those like hatred and gross feelings will get out. I also think the more you realize that what we what society calls fat, it I mean like it's average. It's yeah. It's every like I I did do this. <laughs> I did look for this because after you weighed like after when I initially got on Instagram, I really was actually just flooded with what we were talking about before, which is people who don't really fit the movement. So what I did was go through in my research and find different people. I believe this young lady's name is Tova, and. I actually watched one of her TED Talks, and I'll be sharing a couple TED Talks during the week in which I release this um, episode that I really want people to listen to that I thought were just, I mean, spot on about what this topic is about. There's one from the founder of the uh, nonprofit Redefining Beauty, where she talks about helping young women focus not on what they look like, but how they feel on the inside, but also what they're putting into the world, which to me, is something I totally relate to because it, I mean, the idea that me not loving myself has affected what I can put into the world. Literally, this has affected what I can put into the world because I can't get pat. It's odd to not like yourself, but, but but to be totally obsessed with yourself to all you can focus on is what I'm doing right now, how I'm moving right now. Oh my God, am I taking up enough space? That's the crazy thing about not, not liking yourself is this is a total obsession with yourself. And I think that a lot of people think of it as a, a total neglect of who you are when you're someone who's large, but all you can think about is is you when you're large because all the world tells you is that you are taking up too much space and you spend all your time trying to be smaller yeah and it's not even just smaller physically you just try almost like it's you're trying to disappear yeah so that people won't look at you and you won't have to think about the way you're affecting other people but in reality you're not affecting them. No. Your size has absolutely nothing to do with them. And if you want to go sit in a restaurant and you want to sit in a booth and that table's too close, you just fucking move that table. <laughs> if anybody looks at you, you just wave mm-hmm. or ignore them or flip them off. I mean, so fuck true. Them. And but- it's not our job to conform to the world around us. It's the world, the world's job 
to become accepting of all types of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I mean, I, I think that that's something that is just really something that needs to be heard as far as acceptance, because there are just some things that won't change. We get it. The ideal standard of beauty won't, no one's trying to necessarily change the standard of beauty. We're trying to change people's everyday lives with these movements. These, these movements aren't for mega celebrities are for, um, are for people who are already at that pinnacle that we're all trying to reach. These movements are for you and me. And when I say you and me, I'm talking about me and you, Ashley, but also me and you, the listener. These movements are for you. And it's that's why this topic was so important for me to discuss today, Ashley, because I think that often when we're talking about these topics, people are like, oh, well, I, you know, I don't know if I fit literally and figuratively into the category of someone who needs to be concerned about these things but you do because they affect the people around you who you love like what Ashley was saying to me in that moment was you're hurting me because you can't love yourself and I can't watch this and what I'm trying to express to our listeners on this episode is you're hurting yourself by not accepting people who need your love because what you're really seeing often in people is an expression of their pain when they can't just feel okay. That fat friend who you just kind of like hang around with, but when it's time to go off and do something with all the, with the big crowd of people, you're like, Oh, I don't want to bring her because she doesn't look that made her feel bad. And I can tell you as a 33 year old, <laughs> I still think about that shit. I'd be like, why? Like, I'd be like, it's what? like, <laughs> and it's not even like me. And I, and I'd like to, you know, while we're talking about it, I get it. I think we've mentioned this before. People see the movement as just a bunch of fat girls whining about how they were treated when they're young. No, it's a bunch of fat girls whining about the fact that they don't want to feel like this forever. And we are asking for your help. People are asking for your help. And I think that people miss that and they think it's more of a, let me shove this thing that I hate down your throat instead of it being a, this is my olive branch to say, hey, I really would not like to feel this like this forever and I'd like your help accomplishing that. Yeah. Uh, but I did, we we kind of got on a tangent, but I'd love to get back to yeah. the resources that you okay. were about to provide. Excuse me, Ashley. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have... I know that you're going to be able to see this, but your listeners won't. (laughs) And we'll put this um, in a graphic so we can share it with you all. I have an endless, um, I mean, I could just give you endless resources, but I want to start with two. Uh, One is Ask a Fat Girl from Teen Vogue. Mm. Um, It's written by uh, Charlotte Zoller. And people write in and ask a fat girl fat questions about fatness and she answers um there's another author named aubrey gordon she has a podcast called maintenance phase that is very good you said Um, maintenance phase maintenance phase i love that title like i love that i'm i want to i want to read it because the title's so relatable um so there are a couple of really interesting books and i haven't read all of any of these books except for shrill but um and that's the one by the the comedian yeah by lindy west and she has a a show right affiliated with that okay so good and that's something Um, that you would recommend people watch oh yeah great oh yeah this the show is great i wish they'd make more of it um 
But Andrea Shaw Nevins wrote The Embodiment of Disobedience, Fat Black Women's Unruly Political Bodies. Mm. Um, Sabrina Strings wrote a book called Fearing Black Body. Mm. Um, And then Amy Farrell wrote a book called Fat Shame, Stigma in the Fat Body in American Culture, which is super relevant uh, to our talk. But you can look up um, Susie Orbach, Lindy West, Whitney Way Thor, Jess Baker, and Roxanne Gay, especially Roxanne Gay, um, to read stuff about fatness and queerness and like, you know, intersectional fat liberation, basically. (laughs) And I've got a laundry list of Instagram accounts because that's really where my journey to body neutrality started. And there's one woman, Rosie Beam, who does these, she does this on TikTok, but I don't have TikTok because I'm too old to understand (laughs) it. Um, (laughs) But she does this on Instagram where she posts some of these and she's like, some of them are, you know, like a fat girl reviews fat suits in television and the movies. (laughs) And one is, um, you know, you ask, I I don't remember if you asked. I feel like you asked, like, who's getting it right? And where are these resources? So yes, yes. Well, that was actually my next next question. So okay. let's ride right in. I want to, well, because I heard you mention Shrill, and you also mentioned yeah. Teen Vogue. Those are two uh, mm-hmm. uh, consumable things in media that people can go out and immediately put their hands on. But I certainly want to give people, I want to let people know who's getting it right out there. Because uh, I think a lot of people have grown through these movements, and we want to acknowledge people who are getting yeah. it right. So, Last Holiday, that movie with Queen Latifah. Oh. I mean, come on. She is a fat lady who is out there living her life. Yes. And the arc of her story is not about her fatness and her desire to lose weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good movie. And she is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a more recent movie called Book Smart that has <sighs> Beanie Feldstein in it. I like yeah. it. I, I thought it was really yes. funny. I laughed. Yes. And <laughs> Molly is awesome. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. When they looked at each other, she was like, you are killing it. Oh my God. There should be a picture. I was like, these girls, I related to it. I related to the film. It felt, it wasn't the typical cool girls kind of movie. It was like, these are the nerds kind of, Mm -hmm. I love, that was such a good movie. Watch Booksmart y'all watch that movie. It was cute. Um, Hairspray. And I, I don't want to talk about the most recent one, but I, I do want to talk about the John Waters film mm-hmm. that with Ricky Lake. Yes, I felt like that one was, I don't want to take away from like, I don't want to be one of those people who are like, oh, the new one's not as good. But like literally, no, it's great. But the yeah. old one's just on target. Yes. It is. It is on target in so many ways. Um, but you have a main character who is unashamedly fat Mm -hmm. and she does what she wants she makes her hair take up as much space as she wants she dates who she wants Mm -hmm. and she supports the people that are important to her and she is vocal and she is out there and she is just in your face that's a really good body neutrality fat liberation movie really yeah because not only that even when you're talking about like they focused on the hair but subliminally Mm -hmm. it was really about her body because Mm -hmm. they could have gave her big hair and made her skinny but mm-hmm. they didn't. It was important that she was a larger woman to truly understand what they meant when they were like, your hair's too big. It wasn't yeah. her hair that was too big. Yeah. Because everybody had big hair. It was her body that was too big. Yes. And I want that roach dress. Someone clean <sighs> All Oh, God, send me that roach dress. Get that roach dress. <laughs> but my last, um, I saved this one for last because it is, 
it is hard to watch sometimes because of how accurate it is. And it's a show called My Mad Fat Diary. Mm. Um, and it is on Hulu. It's based on um, the book My Mad Fat Teenage Diary by Ray Earl. And Ray Earl is the main character here. And it is, she's a fat girl and it's insecure and it stops her from doing things. She's insecure. It stops her from doing things that she really wants to do. It stops her from seeing who she is. It stops her from believing that she can be loved. Yes. It stops her from believing that she's actually beautiful, Mm -hmm. even though we don't have to be beautiful, but she is. Mm -hmm. And there's this guy that she really, really likes. And and he he likes her. Likes her. But she doesn't understand why he likes her. It, you know, she's smart. She can sing. She's funny. She's mm-hmm. super quick and witty. And she has so much to offer. And she can't see it because all she sees is how fat she is. Yeah. And she can't see herself through his eyes. BBC always hits it, man. Yeah, they, they do. They always get it. Because I, when I saw that show, Ashley, I think I cried almost every episode. Like oh, because, You've seen it? Girl, you know I watched it. Oh, it was. I watched it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. It was so... It was so good because it was almost like the idyllic fat life. Like if you were going to be fat, you'd certainly want to live that life because she technically did get the guy, but she couldn't be happy even when she got him. And so it was, I don't know, it was, it was a great show and I would recommend everybody watch it for sure. I I relate to it in the same way, Ashley. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Um, There's this one scene and I, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to know it because (laughs) play the bush song like the show set in the 90s so it's mm-hmm. 90s fashion 90s music they pay they play the it starts in with the like um chorus from swallowed mm-hmm. and she's like walking through um like a field and she's wearing her flannel and she's just crying and she's kind of like almost stomping but it's like a hard walk because she's upset and wants to escape yes and it made me think about the song, like the lyrics to the song in a completely different way. And that scene is so powerful for me. Um, Cause it's like, she says heavy about it. He says heavy about everything, but my love, Yeah, you know, like literally she's fat. Her feelings are heavy. She's being weighed down and it is so just like on point. It's like, mm-hmm. somebody's just stabbing me with a needle and making all these memories come out, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I, oh man, I really related to that show. I really loved that show. And I watched it a couple years ago. It's not even something that I've watched recently. I watched it during probably one of my lowest points. I watched the show and I watched it not from a perspective of, oh, this is, I watched it from a perspective of, oh, I still wish that could be me because even a character on television that's supposed to be at her lowest was better than me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that that's what I got most about the show was it was like, I, I think in my life I've been loved, but I'm certain in my life that I've rejected love because I can't love myself. Like that's that I know I've done. And watching that show made that clear to me in a way like where I think I have gotten the guy before but I've lost the guy before too because I can't like when people love you and they want to make you happy but you they don't understand that they can't make you happy that's devastating for them like it's so hard when you're dealing with trying to overcome those feelings of uh just not loving yourself and being in the same space with someone who loves you. And that show really shows how that can weigh you down as a person. It shows 
what happens when someone can love you even at the state in which you don't get how they could do that and how you can ruin that. But it also shows how there's really no mercy for the pain of your past. And that's something I think I've learned the most about life is that there's no mercy for it. Like you, adulthood requires that you let it go and you move on. And sometimes like with this show, I just really like, it's important to me to just be like, I see it and I don't want to let it go and move on. I want to talk about it. So when we move on, we're really done with it. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what this show has been a lot about for me is tackling topics and learning things that I just want to move on from. And so that's why this topic was so important to me, Ashley. And I'm so glad you brought it to me because it's something that I've, I've struggled with. But every day I feel a little closer to moving on and living that life I think I deserved. Taking that trip, my best friend lived in Japan for five years, five years. And each year he was like, when are you coming? When are you coming? I had money to go multiple times. I didn't have the confidence to go multiple times. And my self-deprecating joke for it was, oh, you know, they're going to see me there and they're going to think I look like Godzilla. And I hope that's not like a weird joke. I don't know. Am I wrong for that? That's what I said to myself. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so who I would say the same thing. Yeah, honestly. but that's what I said. That's what I said. And so like, but. Or I thought I would go to the bathroom and I couldn't fit. Or we would sit down at the table to eat our, eat, eat, at like the noodle houses where they you have to sit and you sit cross-legged at the table and, the, and I would be weird. Or that people would stare at me and make fun of me. And I was afraid of that. And it's just like, what if I just wanted to go over and see Okinawa? Like, how about I just go to Japan and not be worried about what anybody thought, but I couldn't. And I'm so over it. I'm going to visit my friend in London. Okay. I'm going to London. Yes, please. That won't be stopped. Awesome. I, I told myself I was not going to stop because I just, I'm, I've, there's a lot of things in my life I haven't done because of my size. And I feel like people who are fat relate to that. Mm-hmm. They really do. Um, we talked about who's getting it right. Um, and many listeners may hear this episode and think this sounds good, but how do I change a lifetime of negativity towards my body and my mindset? So it's not just, We see things online, we can address them, we can find inspiration, but where would they start? Is it the positive affirmations that we keep hearing about? Or would you just say it's taking that next step to tell yourself, this is something at least matters to me? I mean, yeah, every step you take is going to get you there. That's a really important first step. And if you, you know, therapists are trained to help people with their body image issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still just going to advocate for therapy because I know it has literally saved my life. But um, you can address those issues in a safe space with someone who is only looking out for your best interest and learning. And, and again, you've got to learn how to identify those feelings when they come up. And you say, I mean, I've gotten good at just mentally stopping them, but it's been, you know, what is it? Nine years of practice. Mm -hmm. But when it comes up, sometimes you have to audibly say, no, stop. Mm -hmm. And you examine what you just thought and said, you know, why am I thinking this? Why do I feel this way right now? And it's a little exhausting at first, but the more you do it, the better you get. It's just like learning anything else and rewiring your brain because it's okay to be fat. It's okay to be thin. It's okay to be average. It's okay to be whatever you are. 
And that's like, we are taught not only by other images, but like even through religion that we are flawed mm -hmm. people that from the jump, as soon as you pop out of that womb, you are flawed or you are a sinner. And I know not every, you know, religion thinks that, you know, you're sinners, but as soon as you are born, but we just keep, and we see images of like, oh, go on this diet and do this and slim down or bulk up. And what we really are is just human. Mm -hmm. We are, I do not believe, I refuse to believe that we are flawed simply because we exist. <laughs> I think that we are all perfect, just like we are. And I have to extend, I would extend that grace to you and to anybody I met. And therefore I have to extend it to myself as well. And that's, that's the hard part is being gracious with yourself. But a lot of times we are our number one, you know, abusers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to tackle this question because I know there's always the skeptic listening saying, well, I think the body positivity promotes unhealthy lifestyles. I'd love for you to speak to that as well. <laughs> Look, a fat person existing and taking a cute picture of themselves and putting it on the internet is not glorifying obesity, mm -hmm. which obesity is bullshit anyway. And fuck the BMI. <laughs> I could do a whole podcast on that. On that. But... A fat person existing and enjoying their life is not glorifying obesity. And yeah. even if it was, why do you fucking care? Well, one thing I always respond to people when they say that is, like you see pictures where people take pictures of people who are exercising at the gym and making fun of them because they're fat. They're literally at the gym trying to do what you said that they need to do and you still took the time to make fun of them like to me that's why that always that that doesn't work for me that argument no. doesn't work because no. regardless people find something to say whether you're thin yeah. whether you're fat whether you're skinny people have something to say body neutrality and um and uh, fat liberation just want you to understand that we know you have something to say. We just trying to be here, too. Like, it's just like we know you have something to say. We get that. We just want to exist. And yes. for me, I think that often that mindset of people saying, well, I think it promotes unhealthy lifestyles. I think that that may be true. But I think the un unhealthy mindset that it's promoting is depression. I think mm -hmm. it's promoting um, hatred of self. I think it's promoting people not feeling like they can go to the gym because nope. they're going to be made fun of. So the progress that they want to make with the body that they're trying to respect, not love, just respect, can't be made because they're afraid someone's going to make fun of them when they go to the yoga class. Like, you know, it's just you, you give people grace to grow. If every time you turn around, someone's criticizing you, where's the where, where, where where's the room to grow? Like, yeah, I think where, that that's what I'm asking for is where's the room to grow? It's like, what do you want? You want us to exercise and you want us to eat healthy. But then when we do eat healthy and exercise, you make fun of us for doing it. Yeah. You just want to make fun of somebody like who hurt you? <laughs> who made you this way? Why are you so busy focusing on other people and the way they look and what they're doing and not focusing on yourself? Because clearly something's wrong. I literally have seen a meme online where like a young lady was out with her friends and 
it was just a pitcher, and she was the largest one at the table, and she had a salad, and all her friends had a, a sandwich, and somebody was like, I don't know who she's kidding it. And I was like, maybe she... Are, are maybe she doing, just likes lettuce, man. Well, my whole thing is whether she likes lettuce, whether this is what she's doing, because she's... Like, you don't know. But imagine if this young lady's literally trying to change her life right now. Yeah. And this was your reaction. But imagine she just ordered that because she had a really hefty lunch. And all she wanted was a small salad with dinner. Like, just imagine all these things that this woman was trying to do with the weight of your opinion on her shoulders. Like, that's like you know, and I think that that's kind of a thing that I've had to let go of more is everything you do, you can't be thinking about what does someone else think about it. That's a hard thing not to do. And I think that fat people experience that a lot. And I'm sure that that's something you relate to. Oh, I'm going into work, fat. <laughs> I'm going to the grocery store, fat. fat. <laughs> I'm going to go get my hair cut. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> and so people are just like, and, and all you really want to do is go get your hair cut, go to the grocery mm-hmm. store, go to work. You might be fat, but you also want to do these things to try and live your life and not have being fat be the only thing people see you doing. Mm-hmm. Like, and yes. I, and I think that that's important. And I truly think that's what these movements are about: is looking past. The first thing you see and actually getting to the just not the old adage, don't judge a book by its cover. Yep. It couldn't be any more straight to the point than don't judge a book by its cover. Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for joining me for this episode. This has been lots of fun. It's been cathartic. It has been a learning process. It has been, I have laughed. Um, I've been on the verge of tears. Like I've been, you know, and I really hope that our listeners really relate to this episode. Um, on my podcast, you've been more used to seeing people in a very specific role. Oh, this person is an artist. This person does music. Um, this person owns a business. But the important thing that I really want to do with my podcast also is talk to issues that affect women. And I was even scared to talk about this topic because people were going to be like, she only cares because she's fat. And you know what? That's true. I care because I'm fat and I'm going to own that. I'm affected by this and I'm affected by living this life. And I don't want people to continue living a life where they have to question every move they make because of how they look. And Mm -hmm. Ashley, it meant everything to me that you trusted me with this topic and you trusted me to bring this to our listeners. Thanks for letting me do it. Of course. It's something I care deeply about just because I know a lot of fat people. I'm a fat person. There's fat people everywhere. And (laughs) We just deserve to live. Like, let us live, man. Just Absolutely. Live. And is there anything yeah. else that you'd like to kind of touch on um, on the t- on the podcast today? I mean, I've got all night. I'm kicking it. I got my white claws. I'm here. Oh, man. I've <laughs> got one really good thing I wanted to say. And I looked really hard for this on Instagram. Like, I've seen it come up more and more. And it's about the Venus of Willendorf. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this statue, I think you probably know exactly, you know, what I'm saying, I'm talking about because it's super popular. It's the Venus of Willendorf. It was carved like 30,000 years ago or something. And I mean, it's, it's the oldest representation of like a human, I think it's the oldest representation of a human body and it was of a human being. Yeah. And it was um, carved during the Ornation period mm-hmm. by a prehistoric people called the 
Grimaldi man. Yes. And they were, the Grimaldis were black homo sapiens migrants from Africa, and they were the first to inhabit Europe, right? And so after like, so we talked about Sarah Bartman, and then in Turkey, uh, there was a nine-year-old, 9,000-year-old carving of a fat woman. Um, and this was a fat woman with like the saggy belly, like the B-shaped belly and mm -hmm. saggy breasts. She was thought to be like an elder woman, woman who's like made it in life, mm -hmm. right? And so then 30,000 years ago, somebody carves the Venus of Willendorf, right? And it's an image of a fat black woman. And it's a symbol of black femininity, right? And so this author named Alexis Pauline Gums has this really beautiful quote that I think is so powerful. And it said, how many statues of black women do the ancients have to hide for you to dig up and understand what God looks like? How many times do fat black women have to save your life in song? What are you paying attention to? This is why you can never see God in yourself. You are damned by your hatred of fat black women and no part of you could ever live without them. This is why the universe, huge, black, unfolding, and expansive, shakes and shakes her head, you fools, you wasteful fools. Mm. And I just think that's <clears throat> like a crazy powerful quote. I, Ashley, this is a total education for me. Not only have I not heard of the Venus of Willingdorf, which I'm going to be looking up as soon as we get off. And I will also share with our listeners on our uh, Facebook page and our Instagram page. Uh, but that is, it's it's almost hard for me to hear that because it's so antithetical to what I know as everyone's thoughts on blackness. Oh, fat bodies existed before. Con yeah, it's almost like, oh, I'm sorry. Ashley was actually holding up a picture. I realize you guys can't see this. Ashley's actually holding up a picture for me to actually see the statue so that I can actually know the statue that's being referenced by the quote. And, um, you know, it's almost hard for me to hear a quote like that because it's just so positively focused on black women and it's so antithetical to like what society has really um really put into the black woman at this point what I will say is I know that um just speaking as a black woman and also um watching black women love themselves more now than I think that I've ever seen in my life and watching black women in my life love themselves more and whether it be from the body positivity movement the body neutrality movement or fat liberation movements that they've been excluded from almost at this point, or whether it's just about black women deciding that no one gets to decide who they are anymore every day. I'm good. I'm here for it. I am here for it. I'm here for myself, which is something I've not really been before. <laughs> and like, I'm here for other women, black women, women of color I'm here for white women I'm here for all women I'm here for all women to love themselves see themselves as someone valuable and not think that other women are the enemy or need to see talk down to one another I'm super here for that part of this movement too because I think that that's another thing that's kind of gotten lost in the body positivity movement it's become competitive in a way where it's just like I'm a little more body positive than you and if you're not body positive enough I can't be around you in a way. I've seen a lot of that, the cattiness that's come out of that community too, which comes out of every community. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think that if we're 
truly ever going to love ourselves and focus on ourselves and appreciate each other as women, we have to remove that type of thing from our lives Mm -hmm. and give, give, like you said previously, Ashley, and I'd like to quote you one another, give ourselves the same grace that we give one another and see one another, not as competitors, but as supporters towards the end goal. Yep. The, the only way we're going to get there is together and we have to absolutely have to lift each other up. And like you said, all women, black women, trans women, white women, Latinas, I, every woman. Absolutely. Oh, and definitely trans women. Definitely, definitely, definitely trans women. That's actually something I am, I'm wanting to focus more on the show too, to make sure that I give a platform for a trans woman or trans women to come on my show as well. Uh, so that's me learning and me needing to focus and me needing to elevate my space and my community too. Um, Ashley, every time we talk, it's an education. (laughs) Every time we talk, it's an education and it's a good time. I appreciate you so much for joining me on the show today. I appreciate you bringing this topic to us. And um, I appreciate your heart, your voice, your vulnerability, and uh, your willingness to share your perspective and your past and your future with us. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. I was so nervous about it, but then I remembered it was just talking to Sierra. So <laughs> well, thank it's so you. So easy to talk to. Thank you. And um, I also want to encourage other women who are listening to this show to know that these are type of shows we do too. Like if you have a topic that you care about, something that you'd really like to delve into, I'd really love for you to reach out to us on our Instagram and on our Facebook um, to uh, tell me what you think about this episode, this topic. How has this topic affected you? And how are you working to overcome this topic um, or the effects of this topic in your daily life? Body neutrality, what does it mean to you? Fat liberation, what does it mean to you? Have you been down with the body positive movement? Where are you on this topic? We need to know. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning into The Local Woman. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Of course. And you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to your favorite podcast, The Local Woman. Bye-bye. (laughs) Ha <laughs>